You're listening to the Outdoor Photography Podcast, Episode 14. Now that travel is becoming possible again, many of you may be planning your next photography trip. So in today's Tidbit Tuesday, I'm going to share some recommendations for packing and traveling with your camera gear. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Brenda Petrella, the creator of Outdoor Photography School. Join me as I sit down with top landscape and nature photographers and outdoor industry experts to chat about creativity, composition, photography tips and techniques, essential gear, safety in the outdoors, respect for nature, and so much more. Tune in every week to learn how to create compelling and impactful images while exploring and enjoying the natural world. Welcome to the Outdoor Photography Podcast. If you've been tuning into the podcast lately, you've heard me mention the Natural Landscape Photography Awards, which is open for entries until September 1st. There is even a youth category for which submissions are free. So if you know any young photographers who might be interested, please pass along the information. You can learn more about their submission requirements, including what post-processing methods are accepted and other important information at naturallandscapeawards.com. And they're kindly offering you, as a listener of the podcast, 15% off your entry fee when you use the discount code OPS15 for Outdoor Photography School 15 at checkout. So again, for 15% off your submission to the Natural Landscape Photography Awards, enter the code OPS15 at checkout. And best of luck. Hey everyone, Brenda Petrella here, here to help you create better images and reconnect with nature. If you are tuning into this episode at the time it publishes in early July of 2021, then hopefully things are starting to open up wherever you are in the world. And maybe you are even planning your first post-pandemic photography trip for the near future. And if so, I am excited for you. So as such, I thought it would be helpful to share some tips and helpful reminders on packing and traveling with your camera gear. It can be tempting to want to keep your options open and pack everything, but photography equipment can be quite heavy and bulky and bringing it all may not be necessary and it may even be impractical given your mode of transportation. So when I'm planning a photography trip, I ask myself the following five questions to help me determine what gear is actually necessary to bring along. And the questions help me weigh the pros and cons of certain equipment and what trade-offs I'm willing to take given the nature of the trip. And it helps me balance what I want to bring with what I need to bring. So the first question to ask might be the most obvious, but it's a key one to consider for shaving weight in your bag, and that is, what type of photography will you be doing? So try imagining yourself at your destination and what sort of images you hope to create. And then ask yourself things like, do you really need a tripod or will hand-holding suffice? Will you be doing long exposure photography? then maybe you'll want to bring a shutter release cable in addition to your tripod. How about photography filters? Do you really need them? And maybe all you need is a polarizer and not a whole set of neutral density filters or vice versa. And just an aside, if you want to learn more about photography filters, check out episode two where I go into a lot of detail about them. Okay, so Do you think you might want to bring your camera along without your big camera bag? Then 
Don't forget to pack a camera strap if it's not something you normally use. Will you be doing any video? Maybe you should consider bringing more memory cards. And what about a drone? Perhaps you're used to having it in your kit, but where you're going doesn't permit drones. If so, then you can leave it at home and save a lot of space. So I think you get the idea. Imagining yourself at your destination and asking these sorts of questions can be really helpful in determining what to bring in terms of accessories, which can quickly add up. One of the biggest contributors to weight in your camera bag are your lenses. So ask yourself, is it really necessary to take multiple lenses or can you get away with just a couple? So for example, let's say you know you're going to be mostly shooting grand landscapes, then of course you're going to want to bring a wide angle lens. But what if you're also planning to do some night sky photography? Then perhaps you want to be bringing a fast wide angle lens that you can use for both your grand landscapes and your night sky. But if you're not doing night sky, then you can possibly get away with an f4 wide angle lens rather than a like f2 wide angle lens, which tends to be a lot heavier and bulkier in your bag. Do you hope to photograph wildlife, small scenes, or intimate landscapes? Then you'll probably want to bring a telephoto lens, and perhaps you don't even need the wide angle at all. Now, what if you have multiple focal length needs and still need to save on weight and space? Then I would consider bringing a zoom lens that covers a wide range of focal lengths, or consider bringing a 1.5 or 2x teleconverter to extend the range of the zoom lenses you have. Now, there are trade offs to weigh with wide range zoom lenses and teleconverters. So depending on the lens, the quality of the image may be reduced compared to what you can get with, say, prime lenses. And while teleconverters are a great way to save on space and weight, they do impact the speed of your lens. So, for example, if you use a 2x teleconverter on a 70 to 200 millimeter f2 lens, then the widest aperture you will be able to achieve with the teleconverter will be f4. And this is less of an issue with a fixed maximum aperture zoom lens. But if you have a variable aperture zoom lens, then you may end up more stopped down than you would ideally like to be. And the maximum aperture of a lens is simply the widest aperture of the lens at a given focal length. So for example, I have a Sigma 50 to 500 millimeter lens that is a great travel lens in some regards because it covers such a wide focal range. However, the maximum aperture is variable from f4.5 at 50 millimeters to f6.4 at 500 millimeters. So with a 2x teleconverter, both the focal length and the aperture are 2x. So the maximum aperture at 100 millimeters becomes f9, and my maximum aperture at 1000 millimeters becomes f13. And this would be fine for a really intimate nature shot if I needed that extra reach and was using a tripod and a long shutter speed that was acceptable. However, it is less conducive for wildlife photography because you often need to be shooting wide open or close to it in order to get fast enough shutter speeds to freeze the motion of the animal. And I definitely have had the disappointing experience of not having enough light in this situation and needing to really crank the ISO to accommodate for the stop-down lens and getting less than ideal results. So teleconverters are super handy for saving space and weight, and I definitely use them when I need to, but they do come with a couple of trade-offs that you should at least be aware of. 
If you're just learning about exposure and are confused about aperture and base aperture, then I'll put links in the show notes to some articles I wrote over on Outdoor Photography School that explains it all in detail. So the second question to consider is how mission critical are your images? So of course, none of us wants to go on a big photography trip and come home with no images. But ensuring that you don't lose any images or opportunities may be more or less important depending on the trip. For example, if you're on assignment or part of a paid project, or if it's a once in a lifetime trip, then you want to start thinking about ways to build redundancy into your kit, which will add weight and bulk. Now, it's not usually necessary or practical to replicate everything in your camera bag. That's like a whole other level. But the two things that I would be sure to have are a backup camera body and a good system for backing up your image files. So if you don't have an extra camera body, you can always rent one for the trip. And I've done this before through Borrow Lenses, and it works really well. They can even ship the body to your destination, and you can return it to them with their supplied packing materials. And so you don't ever have to worry about actually traveling with the camera. Of course, that goes for any specialty lenses as well that maybe you don't have but would like to use, like a macro lens or a super telephoto lens for wildlife, for example. And I'll put links to borrow lenses in the show notes if you want to check them out. Okay, for backing up images, in an ideal scenario, you would have three copies of a single image following the 321 backup strategy. And if you're not familiar with this backup strategy, I'll put a link in the show notes to an OPS article I wrote that explains it all and also explains how I handle backups while traveling. But briefly, when traveling, having three copies might not be practical, but two copies is quite doable. And you can achieve this in a number of ways. If your camera has dual memory card slots, then you can have one card serve as a backup to the other rather than as an overflow card. You could also keep one copy of the files on your memory cards and another copy transferred to your laptop or an external drive. The downside of these two options is that memory cards can fail or can be easily lost, or you may accidentally write over the card or reformat it. So these aren't necessarily ideal solutions, but they can work in a pinch. Another option is to copy your files from your memory cards to your computer plus an external hard drive or transfer them to two external hard drives that mirror each other. And if your laptop doesn't have a card reader, make sure you bring one. Now, if you don't want to look around a laptop and external drives and all the associated power cords and whatnot, then one device that can help is the NARBOX, which can directly back up your image files from your memory cards to an SSD drive without the need for a computer. I haven't personally used one yet because I often want my laptop with me, but it is an excellent alternative when you need to save space and wait. So the third question to consider is how remote will you be? Now, if you're going to be camping or spending any significant time away from the power grid, then it's a good idea to pack extra charged batteries or even invest in a small solar panel if you're out there for an extended period of time. And I recommend checking out the portable solar chargers from Goal Zero if that's a need you have. Now, if you are bringing a bunch of extra batteries, then it's helpful to label them one through five or however many you're bringing, and then use them in that order so that you always know which ones are charged. 
In terms of non-photography related gear, I'll just quickly mention one that is good to have if you're spending any time in the backcountry, and that is a satellite communication device, such as a Garmin InReach, in case you get into trouble and you need to communicate with the outside world in order to get some help. Next week on the podcast, we will be talking all about safety in the backcountry, so be sure to tune in if you're planning to travel to remote off-the-grid areas. Okay, the last two questions are relatively quick. The fourth question is, what is the climate and expected weather for your destination? So will you need to bring any special protection for your camera from the elements, such as sand, salt water, ice or snow, rain, say you're doing storm chasing or something like that, or even high humidity? So consider what might damage your equipment while you're out there and what you might need to protect it. So the fifth and final question is, what are your modes of transportation in getting there and while you're there? So obviously, if you're driving, then the size and weight restrictions are less of a concern. If you're going to be spending any time on the water in some way, like boating, rafting, or paddling, then it's a good idea to have a dry bag that can protect your gear uh, in case it becomes submerged. Most likely, you'll be flying to your destination. And if so, then I recommend bringing your camera gear in a carry-on item rather than checking it so that it is always with you. Every airline has its own size and weight requirements for carry-on items. So I'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes to a website that summarizes the current size limits for most airlines. The two camera backpacks that I have that work well as carry-ons, as well as for once I'm at my location and want to hike with my gear, are the F-Stop Ultralight Travel Loca camera backpack with the large ICU insert and the Atlas Athlete backpack. So I can fit more camera gear in the F-Stop Loca bag, whereas I can fit more outdoor gear in the Atlas Athlete. So depending on what I'm doing, I'll choose one bag over the other. One advantage of the F-Stop ICU system is that they can be easily removed from the bag. So if need be, you can remove it and keep the ICU insert that contains your camera equipment under the seat in front of you on the airplane, and the backpack can then fit into those overhead compartments more readily. And I'll put links in the show notes to these two bags if you want to check them out. And don't forget, if you need to take a little puddle jumper plane or like a single engine plane to get to your final destination, they often have much more restrictive requirements when it comes to weight and size. And so you might want to be sure to check those requirements out ahead of time. Also, many airlines won't let you bring your tripod as part of your carry-on. So make sure you look into that ahead of time. And if they don't let you do this, then I recommend you put it into your checked luggage. And if you have the option, use a travel tripod because they tend to be more lightweight and they typically have three or four sections to the legs, making them uh, shorter when they're collapsed. And what I do is I'll remove the ball head, put it in one of my socks, and then put that in one of my shoes. And then I'll take shoes and put them over the top and bottom of my tripod legs and pack my clothes around it in my luggage. And that just gives the tripod a little extra protection. Now, if you must check your camera gear because you're bringing more than what can fit into a carry-on bag, then I recommend getting a hard-sided lockable case like a Pelican Air case, which is highly durable, relatively lightweight compared to other cases like it. And it also has an automatic purge valve that allows it to balance air pressure. 
Just remember that if you are going to use a case like this for traveling, you may also want to pack a camera backpack so that you can carry your gear on your body while you're there. Lastly, most airlines will allow one carry-on and one personal item. And for my personal item, I use the Peak Design Everyday Messenger Bag because I can fit a lot of extras into it and it's also comfortable and compact. So for example, I carry my laptop, a case for chargers and hard drives and other important accessories like memory cards, and any necessary personal effects in case my checked luggage is lost. Now, one of our listeners, Denise, wrote in with a tip for the ladies, which is to put the essentials you would normally keep in your purse into your personal item and then pack your empty purse or a similar bag into your checked luggage. And she recommends a sling type bag from Cavu that packs flat and can double as a purse once uh, she gets there. And so I'll put a link in the show notes for that. And thank you, Denise, for that recommendation. So hopefully these five questions will help you determine what you really need to pack or leave at home for your next photography trip. And I just have two more bonus quick tips before we wrap up. One, if you have expensive gear that would be difficult to replace if damaged or lost, then get photography equipment insurance. It is definitely worth it. There are a lot of options out there. And the one that I use and recommend is through RAND Insurance, R-A-N-D, which is part of the membership benefit that I get for being a member of the North American Nature Photography Association or NAMPA. And again, I'll put links in the show notes. And my last tip is to create a gear list with every item, the quantity and any applicable serial numbers. This is handy for making sure you've packed everything, not just before you head off on your trip, but also make sure that you're bringing it all back with you on your return trip. And should you lose anything, you then have your equipment list with you, which can help you if you need to report it to the authorities or claim it through your insurance. All right, I think that covers it. If you have any helpful packing and travel tips that you'd like to share with us all, please feel free to leave them in the comment section of the show notes, which you can find at outdoorphotographyschool.com forward slash episode 14. And thanks so much for listening to this Tidbit Tuesday. As always, I appreciate you tuning in and I hope the tips today help you prepare for your next photography adventure. We didn't have any listener questions this week, but as you know, I enjoy hearing from you. And so if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, just click the link in today's episode description or go to outdoorphotographyschool.com forward slash podcast and click the link to record your question. And don't forget to check out the Natural Landscape Photography Awards at naturallandscapeawards.com and use the coupon code OPS15 to get 15% off your submission. Please be sure to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss out on the latest episodes. And I'll be back here next week with certified wilderness first responder Courtney Harvey to talk about how to safely and comfortably explore the outdoors. We'll talk about safety gear, preparation tips, managing risk, and more. So if you spend any time out in nature, especially in the backcountry, you won't want to miss this possibly life-saving information that Courtney shares with us in our conversation. So until then, get outside, my friends, and find yourself a little nature. Take care.